Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. Hey everybody, welcome. <laughs> yep, we're here. We're here. Coming off of the Easter high a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's everybody doing? We back. Delightful. We take a little break from the podcast, We, I'm, and I've missed this, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation, getting back into it. Let's see what kind of stupid things I can say today. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, what is on your mind? Yeah, so um, this is, I mean, probably this news is a little, well, a couple weeks old now, or maybe a week or something, but, uh, you know, Elon, Elon Musk purchased Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um for a very large amount, forty billion or forty-four billion, um, mm-hmm. and so I I think he kind of did that with the intention of um, promoting free speech or you know um, helping to cultivate free speech. And so I guess I was just thinking about free speech and mm-hmm. what does that mean? Is is it free? Does it exist? Who gets to determine that? Who gets to put a ban on people on social media? Are there certain words that, um, you know, trigger a banning? Or do you have to have a certain amount of followers to be banned? So I guess, yeah, like what, just free speech in the social, like when everybody has a platform to be, to have an opinion and, and you know, what, what does that mean? I don't know. That's really good. There's a lot of things that's going on with that, right? Uh, Elon Musk just, He's just a crazy character. Quite. Yeah, we've talked about him before a little bit. And I was just reading an article uh, from New York Times on him. And they just said, you know, uh, the title of the article is, um, I don't really have a business plan. How Elon Musk wings <laughs> it. You know, and he does that. He just he just kind of purchases things. And he 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 doesn't really have a large group of uh, that he talks with, a, a kind of inner circle. So I just, I first of all, I just wonder how successful he's going to be at this. He seems to have been able to mm. be successful in um, Space Force or whatever that was, and then uh, and then Tesla, right? I mm-hmm. think, I think that he just has is having like an identity crisis, like because he's made it to the top, right? Yeah. And he doesn't know like what, what what he is or like what he's supposed to do. So he's just trying to figure out how he can make people like him. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to be the like the people's champion. Because I remember a few years ago, I just saw like a lot like people would always be like ripping on Jeff Bezos because mm-hmm. he doesn't pay people enough or some that 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 who knows. And then people people are always like on board with Elon Musk. He's like, no, he's like doing things for us. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't know. I feel like. I feel like he's just doing things to like gain the affection of of people mm-hmm. and then buying Twitter and then being like, oh, it's for free speech. And everyone's like, yeah, Elon. Okay. You know, and he's just he's just trying to like fly under the radar of like being so rich that people will get angry at him because people get angry at rich people. He's a fascinating character, you know, kind of like Steve Jobs was too. just fascinating to study. And and because they've made such big decisions and taken over so many large corporations. What do you think, Annie, when it comes to free speech? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I guess I just don't know. I think, um, what, you know, when, when is it appropriate to ban somebody mm-hmm. from a social media platform? Uh, does it depend on, 
you know, how many, what, what their title is, you know, are they, mm-hmm. do they hold a prestigious title? How many followers, um, do they, are there certain buzzwords that people might use that would get them banned? Like, it just feels really subjective to me that, you know, just. It's, it's hard when you have something like YouTube mm-hmm. because I mean, there's a lot of, um, I don't know if they were lawsuits or debates, probably a little both of, um, Oh, I want to say like 2018, something like that. I don't know, a few, four or five years ago, maybe, um, where people's channels were getting banned or they had videos getting taken off. Big channels, typically conservative-leaning channels. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, YouTube is a privately owned company. They can do what they want. And yet we all sort of rely on YouTube as an avenue for free speech and like, there's no competitor with YouTube. And since then, I mean, there have been like little break off, like, I mean, there's like a, there's a Facebook for mm-hmm. people that don't want to be censored. There's a, mm-hmm. there's, you know, but, but that those don't, they just, no one knows what those are. They don't have the clout, yeah. you know? Well, but I think also it just leads like free, free speech and having these platforms that aren't regulated in some capacity leads to like mis and disinformation, which I had to look up, the difference between the two. I don't, do you guys know what the difference between misinformation and disinformation are? Go ahead. Basically, it's like misinformation is I am unintentionally spreading false mm-hmm. information. Disinformation is almost like slander where there's like an intentional, mm-hmm. I know this is not right, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but Brilliant. I think. What? Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Slander's brilliant? Yes. Oh, man. You just got to muddy the water. Yikes. No one will believe anything. Oh, boy. But I, I think that, you know, these platforms are just a breeding ground for both of those things. And I don't know, I I, I think people confuse free speech with, um, you know, it's like if if it disagrees with me or if I don't I don't like what's being said here, then it's it should be banned. Um, so I guess just where's the line? Like, wh- what well, is the line? And we're so gullible, too. Like I will believe, Speak I will legitimately believe anything off Wikipedia. <laughs> and it's like teachers are like, you know, anyone can go and edit that. You know, I think I had a teacher. But it's in, easy to find. Yeah right? yeah, right. I had a teacher in high school who like did that a couple of times, like just for fun, would just go write nonsense on Wikipedia. <laughs> I believe it. Like, what am I, what do you, what do you want me to do? Doesn't go to the library that? and get the biography. Somebody checks that, right? I hope. Well, you know, what's crazy is like when, like when someone dies, like a famous person dies, like Wikipedia changed instantly or someone had like a gender change or something and someone changed all the pronouns to like they or something. It was like, what? That was like today. Yeah. Who's on top of this? You got the insider info. Yeah. Uh, There was an article in the Atlantic by Jonathan Haidt and he is entitled why the past 10 years of American life have been uniquely stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he compares, which is interesting that it's published in the Atlantic, uh, compares the rise of social media to the Tower of Babel mm. from Genesis chapter 10 and how, you know, there was this desire that social media and this technology was going to unite us all. And we were, it mm-hmm. had these promises of bringing us all together. You know, people we grew up with, people from across the world, were all going to come together and actually it's destroyed and disintegrated so many things just mm-hmm. like the tower of babel and he points to you know we thought with google translate all of a sudden the whole world you know 
all of the scattering that happened at Babel now is going to be brought back together through this. And he talks about how it's really uh, destroyed the things that really hold a, a world together, uh, social trust, the trust we have mm-hmm. for each other, trust in institutions, you know, like governments and schools and things like that, and then also shared stories mm-hmm. and how those things get fragmented. And I also... So that's a great article to read to kind of, and he talks about what happened, you know, MySpace was pretty, um, MySpace and even Facebook when it started, you know, just kind of had a reel of what you put on there and it came up in the order that you put on there. But I think it was 2009, Facebook introduced the like button and the algorithm Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden some things got higher priority and now you have that decision, right, of what's worthy to be published and what's not and then you know is that free speech and should we look at this like the telephone where you know the lines are open everything should be flowing freely or does somebody get to make make these stops and that also makes me think of the opening story of of the bible basically the fall the the tree of knowledge of good and evil that that's god's tree god decides what's good and evil but when we eat from that tree and we all try to decide what's good and evil on our own then we all come up with different things that should be banned uh-huh. and we don't let God decide what should be banned or not. And and so, yeah, the founders of our country, I think, didn't want to, didn't want to ban things. They, they, they thought we had basically a united sense of human decency. And so free speech in general was a good thing. But now, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's a really tough conversation. You know, are there things that should be banned? Right? Well, right. And like one example that I read was like, um, displaying an American flag versus burning an American flag. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, I would, I think that we shouldn't burn American flags, but you know, maybe not everybody feels that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I guess I just feel like, I feel like we need to rewire people to accept opinions that are maybe different than theirs. Mm -hmm. So like when we're, um, you know, even now with the Roe v. Wade, potential overturn it's Mm -hmm. like we're hearing a lot of different opinions about it and you know all of which that I I don't necessarily agree with but Mm -hmm. I'm not you know gonna go on this crusade I guess I don't know maybe that's not right but yeah I mean I I think that's the confusing thing who decides what's right and wrong who decides what should be published what should be supported and uh, just there is no common language common idea of morality so it's kind of the wild west. Now, is Elon the question now is okay, Elon Musk takes over Twitter, is he going to have the ability to solve all these problems, right? Is right, now right. can we can we believe that all of a sudden he really, you know, now he's going to eat from the tree and he's going to be in charge of what's good and bad right, and what's right. what should be published and what should be kind of uh, you know, censored and he he's going to be the guy that's going to figure that out for us. I, I just Our don't Lord have... and Savior, <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just I don't know if I have hope in that. I mean, I think he, from what I understood, he he is wants to open it up more. Right. And and want want the ideas, you know, not not to be so censored, but there has to be some line that you censor, right? I think so too. And I think you know, like you know, Donald Trump has been banned from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring him back. Well, <laughs> free speech. I, well, 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 right. But, but you know, I mean, at what point does language become so inflammatory? No, it's it's it. We're we're past that. I think. I think I think there's nothing that people will say anymore that'll shock anyone. Everything's but, on the table. But if it's but if it's if it's inflammatory to the point where, 
it can rally a, you know, and, and we could debate whether or not this is a thing, but where, where a person's language is so inflammatory that it could incite some type of, you know, physical action or, or violence or something. Um, I mean, is that the line and how do we determine that? Like, should we ban people who are speaking inflammatory and trying to incite yeah. Violence or protests or what? I mean, like, mm-hmm. where do we where do we draw? I'm so confused. Like, where do we draw? I the think line? that's what people have been talking about with the Chris Rock incident too. Like, okay, he said a joke. Does that mean that you have the right? Did that now is jokes a, a need to be stopped? Because look at it, incited violence. It started this no. kind of like, right. That's what right. I'm, I'm just saying. That's where these ar- arguments yeah. go. That's, that 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 words are violent. That's right. just celebrities doing things for attention. Sure, that's what they do. I'm just saying. I think that's. I guess the the question is, what is the usefulness of Twitter, and why do we need to get? <laughs> Why do we need to give it? Why does it, it exist? Why is this? Is this? Is there anything that's actually beneficial? Maybe do you get some inf- You know, some news that you wouldn't get otherwise. I mean, it is maybe it's, it's nice to be able to talk to people you would or hear from people who used to have to go through other channels to to get their message out. Uh, but what what is it actually? What I good is it doing? The beauty of Twitter is that. Most everyone, people on and off Twitter, acknowledge that it is a cesspool. Okay. But we all use it anyway. <laughs> you know? It's just shining a light on on the man's depravity. That's what Twitter is for. Okay. It's where your worst thoughts go so that you can post nice things on Facebook. Although some people don't even do that. So I mean, yeah, that's a that's a great point. I would I would say anyone who's like taking anything from Twitter seriously, though. I mean, I, at a certain point, I would just say, I can't try. I, I don't trust your judgment, you know. And if Donald Trump or or someone is up there and is saying like, I'll theoretically go storm the White House, it's like, at the end of the day, you decided to do that. Well, correct, and I, that was going to be you my know? point too. Yeah, and and like the way the I know the um, this is like a common um. This is a common example of of where free speech ends is like, don't shout fire in a crowded building. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but it's like you have free speech, but now you're saying it's an emergency. Everybody run. Now people are panicked. They could get hurt, you know, because you are making this false emergency. You know, obviously, if there's not a fire. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, uh, But when it's like when it's on Twitter, I mean, presumably you're on your phone. And now you have a long time to think about what you're going to do next. And it's not, you know, so I, I feel like that really falls on, on the person who listens. I think so too. I think we have to be accountable for how we act in response to seeing things that we don't agree with or, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's some accountability there. Like I can control me. Yeah. I can control my response. Yeah. I can't control what, you know, a president or a celebrity or, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Rock says, if I'm Will Smith, I can't control what just came out yeah. of his mouth. I can control myself. Right. You know, so I think that's a big thing. I just love that connection between when you look at the story of Tower of Babel, you know, it's like they they say um, 
we found the brick and we're going to use bricks instead of stones. So we have this new technology. What could go wrong? And they said, <laughs> and we're going to make a name for ourselves. And this is going to be great. We're going to go up to heaven. We're going to build this thing. And then there's kind of a little humor in the text where it says, and God came down to see what they were building. Like it wasn't <laughs> like, what what is this you little puny people are doing? And like, you know, we, I just see so many parallels. Like we're, we're going to have this social media platform, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and it's going to bring everybody together. We're going to make a name for ourselves, which a lot of people use to make a name for themselves. Right. And it's going to unite us all. And, and we're never going to be scattered. And, you know, God coming down and saying, Oh, this little thing that you're building, the, oh great this is gonna this is gonna be your way to have be invincible look at look at the results and I so, think you could say the same thing about our our country like in relation to that is like people's spheres of influences are getting too big just like there's just I mean I mean like you can't you can't really carry on relationships with all these people you're yeah. looking for followers yeah like, we call them followers. Like you're looking for disciples, you know, or users, or users, like a drug right? Dealer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you're you're building this huge, it's this huge sphere of influence, and you think it's too big to fail. Yeah, and it's like these people crash and burn all the time, right? You know, which is okay. I'm gonna go off on like a slightly related topic. That's good. Go for it. Um, so I, I mean, I've seen several YouTube channels where they kind of start out and they just do they just make funny videos yeah. and a lot like a lot of times people will kind of poke fun at other YouTubers or poke fun at this person and then you just watch the channel go downhill mm-hmm. in a year or two and it just turns into this like awful shameless moralizing and i really i i just i mm. pick up on it immediately i hate it and it's like oh, i know where this is going mm-hmm. and then it's like It'll just be now it's now it's your YouTube channel and you used to like poke fun at maybe so let's just say my channel and I poke fun at Annie's channel, but now it's just us like hashing out mm-hmm. her her problems and then <laughs> I have no problems. Having, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then having like guests on and we just sit and talk about it. like, oh, why do you think she did that? Yeah, oh I'm yeah. It's like, oh good shut up. Yeah. You're not did, better than anybody. Do you think that it ev- just evolved into that, or do you think that it was like Cause I almost wonder too, like if it starts out a certain way and then you start gaining these yep. people mm-hmm. and then you flip the script after you have, you know, the bait and switch, you've gained yeah. mm-hmm. all these people and these followers. And then like you decide, oh, now I got some cred, I got some, yeah. you know, and I'm going to flip the script. And I think it's both. Mm. I think when you get followers, you get support, you start thinking, oh, people respect my opinion. I am an authority. Yeah. And so, um, I'm going to say, you know, because I've been, whatever, everyone's kind of agreed with me and they're going to continue to agree with me mm. because they like me and they've established, I've established trusted opinion. Um, I think the other thing is like those, we, we are, we always click. We always click. You won't believe what this person did, mm-hmm. you know, or <laughs> she did what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Click. Yeah. <laughs> click. And you're like, um, or she got, she got caught doing this. Or, oh, he's secretly addicted to this, yeah, you know? Yeah. We just love figuring out other people's problems. Huh. And I don't know, that stuff, that stuff, I hate that stuff. That stuff drives me nuts. But I think it it works, right? And mm-hmm. and it, we, we, and that's when you're algorithm driven to make a name for yourself, you know, you're going to put the most, like you said, shameful stuff out there about other people. Mm-hmm. It's too scary to look inside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's how we justify ourselves. Well, I'm not as bad as 
that other person. And again, it just, again, eating from that tree mm-hmm. and, and uh, it goes right against everything that, that God has designed us to be. And I think, you know, I, I think it's just destroying us mentally, emotionally too, mm-hmm. to, to live off that, to let that be the driving force inside. That's just not how we were designed to be. And none of it is actually, I guess why I asked the whole thing about Twitter too, like, what is it good for? Like, it's keeping us from doing productive things that would actually help society and help our right. neighbor and actually feel good right. about ourselves. And uh, we're, we're, I, I think that's why, you know, there's such a mental health crisis. It's one of the reasons. That was something that was interesting. Um, there's another great book, iGen, by, uh, I think her name is Jennifer Twinge. And she wrote that there was a, maybe I've talked about this before because I talk about it a lot, is that all of a sudden the spike in anxiety and depression was 2011. And that's when all of these social media platforms were fully, you know, they left the college campuses. Facebook left, uh, was that Harvard? Is that where it started? Stanford? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But okay, yeah, of, left the college of... campus. Same thing with uh, Twitter went public and most people had a cell phone. It all kind of converged in 2011. And then it was like a huge spike in depression and anxiety among young people because you have to put off this false self all the time. And if you're not putting off a false self, how great you are, you're spending a lot more time destroying other people on how bad they are. Mm-hmm. There's no room for forgiveness when things are on tape. No, mm-hmm. no. I don't know. I, I just, I I feel like maybe I used to watch more of that, but I just, it just started to like really bother me. Mm-hmm. Like we're going on the internet to like rip people apart. Yeah. It's like, you know, do that in the free, do that in the comfort of your own home. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. We're just looking for justification. We're looking mm-hmm. for justification of why we're okay people. At least mm-hmm. we're not bad as somebody else. But I, I don't know. So do you think Elon Musk is going to be the savior, Annie? Do you think he's going to make... He is, though. He is the savior. He literally has more money than he knows. He just bought Twitter. I mean, why would you even do that? Twitter is Twitter was doing just fine. Like, I what don't know. is he going to change anything about Twitter? He's going to like remove some some speech bans. Gonna, yeah, I think that's, that's his the big, idea. That's his big thing is because he was getting banned on some things and some others. Or you know, he wanted to be. We are all trying to. But why does he care? Didn't he recently challenge Vladimir Putin to a fist fight? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's just On funny. Twitter. I know it is funny. See, see, this is my point though. He's just trying to do everything to make us like him. I think he really has a crisis of purpose, like an identity. He doesn't know like who he is. Like he's just like, I can have anything I want, and now he's like, all I want is for people to love me. He's trying to be that, God. That can get scary. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but that could. He's really, I think he's really selling himself as like a philanthropist in a lot of this, you know, not that he's just giving tons of money away, but he's like, he's like, I am your future. Basically, like I'm going to get us to space and put us on Mars and yeah. I'm going to keep the population going. <laughs> it is so interesting. I, I think Steve Jobs also just these eccentric personalities mm-hmm. who were horrible people to work for. People hated working for Steve Jobs because he just, and the same thing, I read this article on Elon Musk that people don't like working from because he he makes big decisions and then everybody's got to figure, he doesn't have a game plan. So he's going to make this huge decision. And I think about sometimes I do that in leadership too, where you make a decision and now everybody's got to figure out how to make it happen. And, uh, and so they're innovative, they're creative, they're neurotic, 
they're arrogant <laughs> and it's going to fall sometime right it, it eventually does uh, unfortunately but it's 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 interesting it'll be an interesting biography to read one day something came out about mark cuban too and this doesn't actually bother me but he just bought or started an online pharmacy thing a, f- okay. a couple months ago hmm. and the point is like that they're going to sell pills at market value not mm-hmm. at He's not going to try to skewer you like yeah. big pharma yeah. going to take all your money or something like that. But mm. um, I think that's actually kind of cool Yeah, because, I mean, he's also a billionaire. Yeah. And at a certain point, it's kind of nice when, you know, not that I hate the rich. I have nothing against the rich. I aspire to be among the rich. Yeah. Um, that's very Gen Z of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm technically in Gen Z by like one year all like right. if I had been born. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, but I mean... Disdain the rich, unless maybe potentially you could become one of them. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's... it's um, I think that that's kind of cool where, I mean, and he's like 60, so, you know, maybe yeah. it took him long enough, but he's finally like, I can do this thing and I can actually like give medication to people at prices they can afford. Yeah. And that would actually be like helpful to people, which... um. I like because I've, you know, I've watched like Shark Tank and like I've yeah. seen them talk and yeah. all these people are so funny because they're, they're always like, yeah, you should be out there doing, doing the right thing. And, and like, yeah, you should, you shouldn't be using your power for whatever, except for Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary is just shamelessly greedy. And I, that's, you know, at least be honest, right? It's funny. Yeah. But they're, they're, they always put on this like, you know, like, no, like you should be doing philanthropy and like making the right, it's like, n- Dude, you're buying things for numbers. That's it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I I think I what I like about Mark Cuban is like when you have is his character at home. I mean, he's been married to the same woman since 2002. He takes care of his family. I think he's a good person to work for, which is very different than again Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, these people who are just roll over people. And I think business at best is service, and if you can be a business that serves people and makes life better, uh, that's that's good business, and that's that's fulfilling the calling that God has given you to be fruitful uh, and make things better. But I, if you, it's all about making a name for yourself, you know, you can use that same technology. That's the thing. Like, use the brick to make a name for yourself, or use the brick to build houses for people. What are you going to do? And mm-hmm. and that's the difference. So. That's good. Who's yeah. the Branson, the blonde guy with who did Virgin oh. Mobile? Is it Richard? Richard, yeah, Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah, yeah. 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 He he Virgin has records. Yeah, he's Virgin Mobile. Also got. Records. More money than someone okay. should what ever have. What is it? I don't know. Yeah, Vir- yeah. I mean, he's the whole company. It's all that's it's all, all called Virgin. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Um, but he said something like, like the best feeling in the world is like when you can like use uh, do business or do what you do to serve people. Yep. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. That's Ecclesiastes, right? Where mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes says, you know, this is all meaningless. I've done everything, but if it's all for myself, it's all going to go away. People forget me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if I see it all as a gift to help others, it actually finds meaning. So, yeah, really good. So go be a gift, people. Go, Come on. Go be a gift. Go use rich. your talents I, I to be a, a gift. gift. I'll have you I know. don't think so. My name means gift of the oh, Lord. Just... No, no. Is there a mute button for I you? I know, right? <laughs> there is, but I'm in charge of it. <laughs> Darn. All right, transition? Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about this before, but I want to just bring it up again. You know, we are going through a, a study here at, at church, a sermon series on emotions. Um, and so, and I'm going to be teaching on this at a 
teachers conference on anxiety and just man the epidemic of emotional crisis so even our i was talking to a seminary professor and we have small seminary classes at our seminary and there's like there's like over 20 people who are being referred to for counseling in our seminary you know and and that's just out of a very small group of people so it's just an epidemic and so i was reading this book uh that was uh, called 13 things mentally strong people don't do um and i just this was she's a christian i guess but she's writing from a secular psychologist perspective and i'm not going to go through all 13 but i but it's pretty cool to see how they connect with god's word and i just wanted to hear think you know see see what you guys thought about the mental health crisis and how this might help some people so we talked about this before, but she says, number one, a mentally strong people, they don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. Ooh, that's good. So, and I, I thought about that where uh, Paul is in prison and it's spent, instead of spending all this time in the letters to the Philippians saying, oh, woe is me, I'm in prison, people don't like me, everybody's after me, he says, look it, I'm in prison, isn't this great? I'm you know, sharing the gospel with soldiers here and, and people are becoming more bold in their faith because they see how I'm, all, how I'm suffering. And just this tendency of the victim mentality and how th- there's no way out of that. So I stop me. At, I'll just do a couple of these and, yeah. and tell me yeah, which ones you want to talk good. more. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't give away their power. So uh, I think about when Jesus, it says in John chapter 2, Jesus would not entrust himself to the religious leaders, the leadership, the authority that day, because he knew it was in people. And so she says that, you know, mentally strong people, they don't wait for other people's opinion. They didn't give their they don't wait for other people to make decisions for them. They don't give away their power. And Jesus is saying, I know what's in people, and so I'm not waiting for their approval. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh don't shy away from change, realizing we all need change. We need to be transformed. Number four, uh, they don't waste energy on things they can't control that's i think about one. the the serenity prayer yes that's uh huge. Mm-hmm. you know accept the things you can't change and change the things you can i think that is so applicable today but mm-hmm. uh don't w- worry about pleasing everyone you know this idea that i'm gonna make other people my gods and try to spend my life trying to please them you take mentally strong people don't fear taking calculated risks you're willing to you know put yourself out there they're not afraid of fail failure uh, they don't dwell in the past, you know, ruminate on the past. And Paul talks about that over and over again. You know, God's going to work everything out for our good. You know, I forget what's behind. Uh, don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, you know, the, that's the whole Christian idea of repenting, that I'm going to repent for my sins and not be the same person I was yesterday. They don't resent other people's success. You know, that whole thing you were talking about, the slandering online. No, we mm-hmm. actually celebrate because we realize we're all part of the body of Christ. Don't give up after your first failure. Don't fear time alone. This idea of uh, personal meditation, that's a very biblical idea. Don't think the world owes them anything. Uh, you, you know, don't, and Paul talks about not stealing, but doing something useful and don't expect immediate results. So I just r- rallied through, is there one, which one hits you most? Which one do you think is most important and people need to hear today? And uh, how do you see that in the Bible? Which one resonates with you? I do think that's the the not controlling, uh, wasting time and energy on things you can't control. Just, again, goes back to your response. You can control you. You can control your response. You can't control what other people say or do necessarily. Yeah. 
Um, I wonder, you know, I think people, it really kind of changed people in the pandemic, right? Where like, if you wanted to change the pandemic and all the laws and all the rules, you would drive yourself nuts hitting against, but the people who are able to say, okay, how can we change here? How can we, you know, work around this? How can we pivot? They were the people who were most resilient and were able to see opportunity. Can't Uh, change my circumstances, you know, can't change whatever, but learn to work within them. Matt, is there one that jumps out at you that that you see is most helpful for for people who are struggling? Um, yeah, I, so I like a lot of these. Um, I think that a lot of these, I don't know, I've I've seen a lot of these out there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these already have a voice, which is great. Um, a couple that I find interesting are "Don't resent other people's success." Okay, mm-hmm. why do you find that interesting? I don't think anyone ever talks about it. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, voices out there that are telling you like, oh, be competitive, push yourself. You know, if you push yourself and push yourself, you can make it to the top. Um, but we never talk about what about the person who effortlessly sails past you in mm-hmm. whatever field you're in, um, and can you handle that? Can you actually like be happy for that person, or do you have to kind of feel like you have to one up them or something like that? So how do you do that? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I for sure resent those people. <laughs> I put down there for the verse that kind of backs that up is 1 Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea that we're all part of the body of Christ. And, and you know, the reason they're called gifts is because they're gifts of God. If somebody's very gifted, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal, I'm dating myself, but he was whatever, 7'4" had size 22 shoes or something like that. And, you know, he could break a backboard by just holding on to the, the, the rim too long. Mm-hmm. And, and he was going to dominate basketball because that's how he was designed. Like there, that would be so foolish of me to think that I should be able to compete against him. Now we just don't see those things that people are naturally gifted and we're not thankful. Um, I think it was an Albert Einstein quote. It said like, everyone's a genius. Uh, and we, so we'd be foolish to think that, a, you know, to judge a goldfish on how well it can climb a tree yeah, or something I've like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So how can we see some of these natural abilities that everybody has and then foster them and, and encourage them? And then we, I think that's one way to not be resentful. But other, but on that note as well, what if it's like, you know, the same gifts Sure. and the, you know, there's two people mm-hmm. in one position. Um, <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, but that, you know, that's that in that case, it's not necessarily they're differing gifts. and It would be foolish of me to think that, you know, I could do that, mm-hmm. but it would be. Um, so I saw Carol Burnett, uh, for those of you who don't know who that is, she's a comedian. Oh, but yeah. um, she was telling a story about how when she was in college, there was like this really big role mm-hmm. coming up and it was between her and this other gal and the other gal got role, it. Role in what? In what? Uh, it was like a, an acting role. Oh, or a, gotcha. so, Yeah, gotcha. sorry. Um, so. And so it was between her and this other gal and the other gal got it. And she came to the conclusion that, well, it's just, it's just her turn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so she was, you know, not resenting her. I, mm-hmm. I don't think she just said, and obviously Carol Burnett went on to do amazing things. And we have no idea who this other person is, right? No clue what this, right. Yeah. Right. So it was just, but at that time I thought that was really insightful for her to just say, well, this is her turn. Like it's this really is good. her time is her turn, you know? So 
That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to be to celebrate that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have found that like the one remedy that works for like every neurotic or evil thought that you have is just like find something to be thankful for. Yeah. Helps. Just literally <laughs> just like find something and just be like, Oh, well, I'm grateful for this and it just kind of grounds you and puts you yeah. in your place. Last good. week I preached on Philippians chapter four and I wanted to talk on the whole section, but I find it to be the most encouraging section on mental health in the whole Bible where it says, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. So it's all in there, you know, filled with rejoicing, not in yourself or your circumstances, but in the Lord. Don't be anxious. How? Uh, By prayer with thanksgiving that you just said and letting the peace of God overwhelm everything else. And and so I think thanksgiving is right in the center of that for a reason. Yeah. Very cool. What was the other thing that jumped out at you? So uh, the other one is sort of the opposite. Don't worry about pleasing everyone. Okay. Um, You don't seem to struggle with that. No, I, I like it. <laughs> Man cares very little about anyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just one that I don't feel like I've heard enough. Okay. Other people say. Yeah. Is don't worry about pleasing everybody. Um, and again, I hear a lot of people saying like, if you grind it out, you can make it to where you want to be, mm-hmm. and if you just stay focused, or you know follow your dreams, follow your dreams. But I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of people just suffer from, yeah. if you don't know who you are or what you're supposed to do, then you start have to, you have to find your identity sort of in the reflection of what other people are seeing yeah. in you yeah. because you have no, you have no root. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think about William Wilberforce who, who, for decades fought against the English parliament and to end slavery. He was the one who ended the slave trade in in England. And if you have that, I'm not here to please everybody, but I'm same thing with Martin Luther King Jr. And these great leaders had these deep convictions about what was right and what was wrong. And they lived based on convictions, not on algorithms or, or, or how people re- responded or or how many votes they would get they just had this they were they're willing to die on these these mountains and man i think that's a really hard thing today cuz so many of us we don't really have a clear core value or things that we really stand for we're waiting to hear what the what everybody's saying and that's why these movements are so confusing for i think for young people is that you got to jump on this bag again. And then there's this thing you're supposed to, and then there's, there's this social program, and then there's this social idea, and they're jumping from one idea to the next, and they don't have a clear core conviction of what's right Ignore or wrong. all of them. Yeah, there you go. Ignore <laughs> them all. They're That's all good. bad. All they're bad. all stupid. Um, actually, another one I just like too, they don't fear alone time. Okay. And I kind of quickly read your uh, the paragraph there. Um, don't fear alone time. Don't fear taking a break. Yeah. Or like, don't feel... Again, it's like it's like that grounding thing mm-hmm. where you can't always be running forward yeah. because you'll get tired. Right. <laughs> you know? right. right. Never. Yeah. That the rhythm that God gave us, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly there was two wagons that left from, I think, St. Louis on the Oregon Trail. 
and one decided to take a um, a Sabbath, and the other one said, we're going to go as fast as we can. And the one that stopped, the wagon that stopped every week to take the Sabbath actually got there first. You know, kind of the tortoise and the hare mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. but I think we're designed for breaks and rest, and mm-hmm. y- you'll destroy yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else that you want to say? Any on the, any of those? No, I, I think they're all they're all good. I think for me, it's always playing the what if game. The one that I always I seem to struggle about the most is playing back the story of whatever decision I made. You know, mentally strong people don't dwell in the past. Mm-hmm. I that one. I have to, if there was, that's probably the one on all of these that I just have to fight against so strong and say, this is not helping. Uh, there is not another story. You know, I, I think that's what's so. Why you go back and think like, oh, what if I had done this X or said Y? Said this, made this yeah. decision. Yeah. Helped this group of people, you know, especially my previous congregation, led the congregation in this direction or whatever. And I think that's a human tendency. That's why, um, movies on time travel this whole idea of the Mm. multiverse right now that there are other universes where you're actually making all the right decisions right or there are other worlds that you're you're killing it it's just in this one that you've made some of the wrong decisions and if you could just somehow get into that other world or 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 go into or go back in time with the time travel you could go back and make all the right decisions but the cool thing about the gospel and about god's story is he's he does decide instead of waiting for us to make all the right decisions. He uses all of our bad decisions and our confused decisions and all these things for the good of his kingdom. You know, if he can use the cross, uh, he can use anything. So that's the one that I I fight with. I think one thing too, that is that I taught, or I came to the conclusion at a very young age was that whenever I would fall into that type of a thing like oh man I should have done this or said this or man how stupid I shouldn't have said this or shouldn't have done that then I just say well it's happened and there's nothing I can do about it except to learn from it or you know like whatever so that was something that struck me at a very young age and I've had to talk myself out of a few things (laughs) like well it's happened and there is nothing I can like go back and do about it so just have to move forward that's the healthiest thing right acceptance Mm -hmm. and then you can learn Mm -hmm. right and my dad always would say you always pay for your education <laughs> either you're going to pay through failure or pay some money to learn from somebody else but you're always going to have to pay for it That's so good. just accept it and say oh i learned some there yeah i think it's i think it's interesting um when because i'm also a past dweller yeah uh full time <laughs> quiet yes um, i don't i don't really think about it in terms of wishing i could go back and change something though okay and to me, I think it's always been less about um, this is what I did and more like this is who I am, mm-hmm. Okay, you know, mm. and just to internalize all of it. And like, and it, and it, I did it then, but it weighs on me now. You're putting yeah. yourself into a box. Oh, yes, all that. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I, I'm sure that that's equally unhealthy. Quite. Um, but I, I don't know. I, what uh, What are your thoughts? How would you, how would you? approach that i think that's what the idea of being a new creation in christ is all about is that over and over again paul and and the psalms talk about the old is gone the new is here uh that he's drowned yesterday's sins in in the sea he's forgotten them and then and then we are a new creation that you know paul says i know 
it's in Romans 7. He says, you know, I know that nothing good lives in me. That's in my sinful nature. So he doesn't identify with it. So I think it's really important to not fuse with it, not 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 say this is who, my core identity mm-hmm. is my sin. Your core identity is a forgiven child of God made by by God. It's not your sin. Sins are things that we fall into, sins are things that we struggle with. They're not who we are at the core of who we are. Uh, you know, just like you know, your parents, they would not, they'd say the core of who you are is our child. And yeah, you screwed that up or you did that wrong, but, and we're going to discipline you that for that, but we're not, that doesn't change the core identity. So I think that's the most important is to not, to have a healthy perspective that I'm a fight against my sin, but I'm not going to fuse with it or identify with it. It's almost kind of like an alien invader uh, in this new creation that God Mm. has given me. I think that's what the baptism is about, getting that new identity in baptism, the resurrection. Um, the whole Christian life is taking on that you're a child of God and not a child of the devil. Does that Did help? that help you? Or do you probably you probably don't feel like um, as much sin, you're not plagued as much by past sins as you are just like who you are. It's not about... Yeah, I think it's less... It's not, again, it's like, I feel like it's not so specific. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would prefer for it to be specific because yeah. that gives you, you a little more separation it. from it. But yeah, yeah. It's but just, you just think it's like who you like who you are. Yeah, it just feels like a heaping, you know, right? Like just, you're defined. You are, are defined by your up. past. Yeah, like you are defined by the things you've done and the yeah. choices that you've made, and not even yeah. necessarily sinful, but just yeah. right. Yeah, I think that's a that's a real challenge. But I, I just what, do new stuff. <laughs> Just do new things and Just try new find stuff. New, new sins. But, yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Right? It's a great idea. What, how does that sound, you know, not fusing with them? Or what, what is that, does that make sense to you to not yeah. identify with them? Yeah, I think, um, I think I th- set the separating, which is what I'm not good at. But that, I mean, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Is you have to separate and say that's, that's not, uh, that's not the person that, God saw and loved. That was yeah. a series of bad, bad choices, you know. And I think you need someone from the outside, you know, friends and pastors to remind you of who you really are. It's because you can get into it. If you play chess against yourself, you're always going to lose. Mm. Right. And I, and so if you, <laughs> you know, that you, you know, you could, you could try to convince yourself like, well, I'm not that bad. Cause think about that. Oh, but remember this. Oh, but what about that? And you'll keep on, Mm-hmm. So you kind of need it from the outside, and that's kind of the beautiful. It's a proclamation. It's good news, not good advice that God gives us from the outside of who we are. Not uh, that 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 fights against those that internal dialogue. Yeah, very cool. I gotta run. Okay, y'all good? Yeah, I think so. All right, groovy. Bye, All everyone. Right. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamores podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. B-S-A-D-L-E-R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello. Hello.